Welcome to the Reflecting Him podcast, where we dive deep into discussing what it's like to live a bold and spirit-filled Christian life. We are your hosts, Casey Slack and Brian Murphy. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you so much. Casey, how has your week been? It's been good. Yeah? You know, the Lord's really been moving, you know, uh, so praise God for that. You know, we... Um, we went a little bit of a different route for Life Group this week, but, you know, I think that it was much needed to have a lot of just really genuine fellowship and for to just sure. really, uh, yeah, just to take time to just actually ask that same question, right? How are we doing? So, yep. Yeah. This for sure. Awesome. Speaking of Life Group, Life Group has been really, like, just blessing me lately. Um, last last week, um, the, the, you know, our brothers in Christ prayed over me for uh, for some breakthrough and it happened um, and God met me at the point of my need and Amen. I just wanted to testify testify for that um, yeah guys well I just want to dive right in this episode I am titling into the wilderness and I'm really excited because um, honestly guys this episode was kind of stressed me out because I didn't know what we were gonna talk about um, and it came to me yesterday and we're recording today and so almost actually exactly almost 24, like 24 hours ago, um, I came up with this pretty spontaneously, but the Lord, um, pointed me to a book in the Bible. Um, and that's Hosea. And I, I, I don't think I've read Hosea in its entirety before. I, mm. I remember the story that, that, uh, God kind of highlighted to me, but I've never really read it in its entirety. And, um, so yeah, let's just dive in. Um, I wanted to talk about the topic of wilderness and what that means to us today versus what it meant to um, to the people of God in the Bible back then. Um, I am confident, and I can I can really conclude that we today have a very different idea of what the wilderness looks like and what the wilderness how we perceive the topic of wilderness to be versus what God intended for the wilderness to be back in, in the time of the, of the Old Testament and New Testament. Um, in, your, in your words, and just be very honest with, with you and your personal walk, what does, the to- what does wilderness mean to you? Like, um, let's say, what does wilderness mean to you before you really experience what the wilderness is? Like, what was your viewpoint from other people's experiences wilderness um to me it always seemed like it translated to drought mm-hmm. uh, a spiritual drought yeah instead of um what i now believe wilderness to be yeah you know, uh prior to kind of the revelation that the lord gave me for my own definition of wilderness drought it meant desert um that mm-hmm. there wasn't any water nearby and that it just was not a really great place to be. Mm-hmm. But now my now my my definition of what wilderness is completely changed. Yeah, I can 100% level with you on that. I thought that the the wilderness was somewhere where growth was painful, and that's all really I focused on was that it was a time where God would stretch me, and I, I knew I would be stretched. I knew I would grow. But I always thought it as a painful experience. Um, and the, 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 the story that we're going to read today in Hosea 
and a couple of other examples of what wilderness looked like too in the Old Testament and New Testament. Um, God paints a very different picture of what the wilderness looks like and what he intended um, and purposed the wilderness to be um, in our lives. And it's actually kind of like a journey that he brings us on. So um, I want to present this fresh perspective on what the wilderness is. So let's dive right in. Um, Hosea chapter... Uh, it's actually chapter 2. I wrote it. I wrote it down as chapter 6. It's actually chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. And I'm actually going to pull it up on uh, on my phone, on my Bible app. If you guys don't have the Bible app, I seriously recommend downloading it. It's a great way. Um, we're not we're not sponsored uh, by the Bible app, by the way. This is a this is non paid promotion. But honestly, the Bible app has changed my way of of uh, reading the Bible. Um, and so I'm just going to pull it up here. Hosea chapter 2 and that's verses 8 through 13. And if you have your Bible or your Bible app, follow along. So just to give us some context of what this of, of what this story is. So Israel, the, uh, the, the people of Israel, the Israelites, are now again in a in a place in their time, in their in their lifetime, um where this generation of Israelites are uh, again found under oppression, but also they are in a in a, in a time where they have um, receded from God, receded from His presence, and even though God's presence has always been there, they have denied Him and they have turned themselves over to false gods once again. And in this chapter, uh, God is um, is calling out to them. And rebuking them for for uh, for following these false gods, and the way he does this, I want you to really read closely. The way he does this is almost like a love story gone wrong, and it's kind of it's it's like uh, the Israelites are his wife that has now gone to be with other lovers. So verse eight, she doesn't realize it. I who gave her everything she has, the grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold, but she gave all my gifts to Baal. And that's the God they're now worshiping. But he says, but now I will take back the ripened grain and new wine and generously that, that I generously provided each harvest season. I will take away the wool and linen clothing I gave her to cover her nakedness. I will strip her naked in public while all her lovers look on. No one will be able to rescue her from her from her from my hands. I will put an end to her annual festivals, her new moon celebrations, and her Sabbath days. All her appointed festivals. I will destroy her grapevines and fig trees, th uh, things she claims her lovers gave her. And I will let them grow into tangled thickets where only wild animals will eat the fruit. I will punish her for all those. Anyways, it just goes. It just goes on to say, he is rebuking Israel. Israel hardcore. So. I absolutely love how this this story goes because it's like God himself has uh, as a husband is angered over how his bride Israel is cheating on him with some loser god named Baal um just living down the street right because God is always there but they have kind of blindsided him and then turned to Baal so um some of you reading this might not be so humored by this, though, because of the language that's used in here, the terminology. Let's go back to um, 
Verse, t- uh, verse 10, I will strip her naked in public while all her lovers look on. No one will be able to rescue her from my hands. So how, how the context of that is actually like this. Um, although a lot of the Bible is literal, a lot of it is either culturally referential or just plain symbolic. And this is just symbolic. In verse 9, when God says he will take away the wool and the linen used to clothe her, and in verse 10, where he strips her naked in front of her lovers, God is actually referring to a spiritual covering that he is taking away for a time. Now, let's go to um, let's go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. When God sowed the fig leaves for Adam and Eve to cover themselves, when they ate the fruit, uh, their spiritual covering was lifted and they saw themselves for the first time without their without that covering. They hid from the Lord because they felt unworthy to be in his presence. So jumping back then now to Hosea, God is temporarily laying Israel bare in front of everyone to remind her of who of what her true identity is. Now, Casey, I remember like last episode we talked about embracing your identity. So kind of tying into that, um, the reason he does this in front of other gods is to show them who she truly belongs to. It's not to embarrass or to humiliate but rather to humble her. So Casey, what can you think of a time where you felt like you were totally stripped of everything, Mm -hmm. that you were really humble? Like what was a really humbling time um, where where God took away your, your layers so that all you realize is that I'm chi- I'm a child of God. Um, I'm unworthy of your presence, Lord. But here you are still, um, and really realizing who you truly are in in Christ. Mm, yeah, that's a good question. So I would say that um, with me, it was uh, it came to the point in a time of realizing how big our God is, mm-hmm. you know, um, and when you realize how big your God is, you know, uh, it, it is a humbling, it's still humbling, mm-hmm. but there's like a piece of that surrender that comes with being stripped and humbling to it yeah. in my own, in my own, in my own experience. And that came, you know, um, you know, uh, just pretty recently, um, you know, there was a transition of where, you know, I was really kind of struggling with, with some things like with, uh, in the lust department and, um, you know, and I was just fed up, mm-hmm. you know, and I think when you get to a point where you're fed up that, that you have two choices, you, you can either fail or you can, you can go, um, and you can just renew your mind with what the word says, mm-hmm. you know, um, That's good. and I decided to renew my mind with what the word says. You know, I was fed up with having that type of, of, you know, that bondage, you know, toward, you know, uh, pulled towards, you know, that lust. And so I said, you know what, Lord, I confess this to my brothers. I confess this to you. Mm. Have all of me, Mm. you know, and that's, that's when I just really, it really, uh, the reverence of the Holy Spirit just really just seeped into me. And, That's so good. and, and it just started to, to create that, that, that yearning mm-hmm. to walk in humiliation, to yeah. walk, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it was pride that sent the devil to, that sent the devil to hell, mm. you know? And so it's like, it's, it's, it's as far as I can get away from pride, 
as far as I can get away from the character of Lucifer, the character of the devil, mm. I want to. Mm. You know, am I am I human? Yes, of course I'm human. Am I going to make mistakes? Am I going to have times of pride? Yes, but I, I I just want to walk in that continued renewing of my mind, of 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 going back to that that childlike faith to walk in that humility as as, as childs do. So 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 glad so with with so much joy. Yeah. You know, so I can so I can just honor the Lord how He has designed me to be. That's so cool. Um, for for me, there was also a recent experience too, um, in a in a different area, and that was in my finances. And so, I was really humbled when God was like, "Okay, you think you've given over control and all control, and you surrendered all, but you still have more." And um, I want you, like He said, I want you to I want you to realize that. In order for you to have breakthrough in your finances, you need to give all of it over to me, all control. Because what you're doing, well, like what I was doing is that I, was, I, I had a mindset that was saying, okay, if I work, I will have money to have bills or to, to pay my bills. And then from my overflow or from what I have left, I'll be able to sow into, you know, the ministries I want to, I'll be able to give and I'll be able to tithe as he, he had to really hone me and be like, okay, um, I want you to do the opposite. Right. So, okay. So from the, from the, from the resources you get from the, from the income that you get, of course the income has to come first, but that's, that also comes from God. He gives you the opportunity. So in that surrender, he'll give you more opportunities to, to have income. But first comes the surrender of control. Second comes the, the, the income that comes from that. And then from the income, um, that's where you have to be okay. Instead of being like, since I have money, then I can pay bills, then I can give. It's like, no, um, I have money so I can give and, and be able to, to, to still, still be able to meet my bills because he provides, right? Mm. But what he was saying is that I should have giving on my mind first. Right. I should have the be, be like, oh, thank you, God, that I have that I have the ability to give back to you that te- that ten percent, that tithe, mm-hmm. and then from that overflow, be able to give and be able to you know to to still be able to meet my meet yeah. my bills. Yeah. And so that was actually really humbling because I was like, oh my goodness, I do still have a pinky. In my finances, and I should have nothing. Mm. I, I should have no hands, no toes, no fingers, no anything. Not even a hair in in my finances. It's, it's all in control of of the Holy Spirit of the Lord. And so that was really that was really humbling. But um, so from from this now season of of humility of 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 um, of humbleness, not humility, humbleness. Um, this, after, after in this part of the, in this part of the story of Hosea and the Israelites, after this rebuking, the next part in the same chapter, I love I love the title of this. This is actually in the NLT version, but it says the Lord's love for for unfaithful Israel. Mm. So this is sorry in verse fourteen, but let's just read chapter two, verse fourteen. But then I will win her back once again. This is after. They've given themselves over to false gods, Baal, and whatever god they, they're, they're, they're throwing their love to. Okay? Um, 
man, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what other areas of my life am I throwing love to? Mm. Am I giving some part of me to? Because all of me should be given to God. But I know, I know deep down, deep down inside, there's still some things. I don't know what they are yet. And that's totally fine. You, you don't have to know what they are yet. But you have this odd feeling that there's some part of you that's still attached somewhere else. Mm. When there should only be one channel straight up to God. Amen. Surrendered all to Holy Spirit. Amen. Which is actually inside you. So she, he says, but I will win her back once again. Verse 14. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. That's so good. Guys, he leads her into the desert, which now if you have, you have to realize this is after, this is way after Moses led the Israelites into the desert and their mindset towards the desert now, because of their past experience is a valley of trouble. So their mindset thinks, oh Goodness gracious, he's leading me into another desert. He's leading me into another wilderness. It's going to be a valley of crap. Yeah. It's going to be a valley of crap. And But he says, I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. He's promising a renewal of mindset. He's promising a renewal of mindset. He wants to transform the mind into thinking... I don't want you to think of the wilderness as, as a dry, bearing place, like you, like you were saying. I don't want you to, to think of the wilderness as a, as a valley of shadow of death, as a, as, a, uh, as a low point. Guys, I, I feel like some of you that are watching are thinking that you're at a low point and you're in the wilderness. I want to I want to help you and encourage you to see how God sees the the wilderness and transform that part of your mind. Let's continue on. She will give herself to me there. As in in the wilderness, Israel is now surrendering herself back to the Lord and his will. And she did as she did long ago when she was young. Uh, he's talking about young Israel going through the wilderness after Egypt, after being brought out of Egypt. As she did long ago, um, verse 15, as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. So again, another transfer from mindset, one mindset to another, from my master, which is funny because um, before, even though God was still Israelite's husband, Israelite's father, and the children of Israel were the children of God, and the Israel herself was the wife of God, she still, she still saw him as a master instead of a, instead of a husband, instead of a father. And so he's switching one mindset to another again. O Israel, I will wipe away the names of Baal from your lips, and you will never mention them again. On that day, I will make you a covenant 
I will make a covenant with all the wild animals and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground so they will not harm you. I will remove all weapons from war from your hand. And it just goes on and on to affirm, reaffirm, and revalidate Israel's identity in him. And this is so, so good. I cannot express enough how deeply revolutionary this this piece of scripture is because even I guess even honestly up to this point Casey before God revealed this scripture to me I still kind of had a little bit of a mindset that the wilderness was a tough Mm. a tough thing a tough thing but even though there is growth even though there is uh, good tension even though there is good um, strengthening and and there's there is going to be pain a little bit of pain that comes with growth all the time growth spurt there's going to be pain but you grow closer and taller and Amen. you grow closer to god how beautiful is that there is going to be a little a, a little bit of pain but god is painting a beautiful picture of what the wilderness is supposed to be so casey you are planning a trip for the guys um, the, for our home group to go out into the wild and to have a camping trip. Yep. Where are we planning on going? I, I know we don't have a specific destination plan, but like, can you paint a picture of where you envision us going? You know, something that I envision us going on the trip is a place, you know, with a campsite, of course, yeah. um, you know, but with a lake near it. Yeah. Um, so that we can interact with the wilderness. You know, whether yeah. that's through fishing, through paddleboarding, through swimming, through hiking. Yeah. You know, a place that's a little bit multifaceted so that we can just go and be in the wilderness as brothers in Christ. That's so good. You know, it's um, it just reminds me of, yeah, of, of where did Jesus go, you know, to spend time with God into the wilderness, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we brought up that point of, you know, um, yeah, and, and also the... Where was Adam created, you know, in the outland? And then he was brought into the Garden of Eden, you know, um, which I think is a very, uh, really symbolic points of how God desires us to spend time in the wilderness. It's not out of a time of, of despair, but it's at the time of thankfulness um, to be able to, you know, it's almost his, his opportunity for us to remove all distractions so that we may see him more focused so that we may more so that we may focus more on him yeah that's so so good i wanted to i wanted to ask you that question because i want to show you guys that the wilderness does not have to be a dry place it doesn't have to be a dry barren it doesn't have to be a desert it can be on top of a mountain it can be i know by the ocean what wilderness means is that it has to be a way it's a place a way that God brings you out f- to from a previous place, from a previous situation, from a previous lifestyle, from a previous mindset, so that it brings you into a place where it's only him and it's only you. It's where he brings you out to a place where um, it doesn't have to be dry and barren in nature, but it has to be a place where the only, the only resource you have is him. The only thing you can rely on for sustenance, for water, for food is him. 
And there's a reason behind that. The thing, the, the scripture that I wanted to end with today is um, down uh, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, let's see here. Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 2. And then we're going to skip to verse 11. Um, Casey, can you read me uh, verse 1 and 2? Yeah, so then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Okay. So the first thing, and I didn't have this on my notes, but actually I just realized something. The first thing I wanted to point out is that he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. Does that sound familiar? Right. How many days, or how many years, rather, did yeah, the Israelites... 40 years. 40 years. So one thing I actually, so I did some calculations and um, I, I, I took the distance from Egypt to Canaan. Canaan is the, is the promised land. Um, the distance between Egypt and Canaan is around, I think it was like 5,800 something miles. I could be, could be wrong. But in the end, I calculated how long would it take to walk by foot from Egypt, general area of Egypt, because we don't know exactly where they were, probably the capital, um, which now is Cairo, but from there to Canaan. Um, and straight as a, as a crow flies, with no breaks, it would have taken around 88 days. Wow. 88 days. So with breaks, you know, every other day, like a full day every other day or whatever, um, it would have taken probably 100 and something. 100 and something days to walk effectively from Egypt to Canaan. But yet it took the Israelites 40 years. Yeah. And the only reason, really, if you if you narrow it down, the only reason why it took them so long is because they complained. Right. It's because they were like, oh, why do we have to be here? And they started complaining right after they came out of slavery. Yeah. And God's just like, what? Like, what? Why are you complaining? I just brought you out of slavery. Right. But it started when they they only were able to bring um, the amount of food and provision for only a couple days to a week. Yeah. And mind you, there are millions. Yeah. There are millions, a couple million of, of the Israelites. That's how many they were being led out of Egypt. Um, and so when they ran out of food, that's when God, that's when their first test was. And guys, if you don't understand the first test that God is bringing you through, it's going to be harder to understand the rest mm. because your mindset has to be. And now, now if you, if, if you, if you quote unquote fail the first test the first time, of course, God gives you second chances and, and he, you know, renews your mind through that. And it, and it can get better and better as he brings you through those trials and, and, and tests later on in life. But it only starts at the first one where you're like, okay, I'm going to come at this with a mindset that God is doing this for a reason and he's going to provide through it. He's going to get me through the valley. He's going to get me through the wilderness. Um, God intended for the wilderness to be a beautiful place to go through, a beautiful time. He meant it to be a place where he could um, bring you down to your bare self and realize that God is the only one 
that is worthy of my praise and that is and, and that is worthy of even bringing me through this. Jesus kind of replicates in a way the time that the Israelites had through the desert, the 40 years, and he narrows it down to 40 days and 40 nights. But how Jesus approached it is very drastically different from what the Israelites approached it. Um, because he knew, because he was God, right. he knew what the wilderness is supposed to be for. Yeah. So, um, so, so just prior to him being led into the wilderness, he was baptized by John the Baptist. Um, and his birth was already humbling enough because he was born in a manger and born at the lowest place you yeah. could ever be. Yeah. He was born in a pile of hay. It probably even wasn't even a, a trough. It was probably just a pile of hay with, you know, probably poop clumps around it. Like it was in a dirty place. That's what I'm trying to say. He was born humbly in humility. He was born but also, during the time of his baptism, he humbled himself again because he allowed himself to be baptized by John the Baptist, mm -hmm. which was his cousin. He's God. God doesn't need to be baptized. But yet he, because he was man and because, and because this was one of the, the, the prerequisites, can I say, prerequisites of starting his ministry, he allowed himself to be humbled again. So he humbled himself just like... God humbled Israel in Hosea by stripping him down. Mm. And then that was prior to the wilderness. So now after that, it says immediately the Holy Spirit was led him into the wilderness. Jesus didn't lead himself. Jesus didn't go there on his own free will. Jesus chose because the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Jesus was led, in, led into the wilderness with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was left with nothing but the word when he could have relied on his own efforts and abilities to make it through those 40 days. Those 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted. The devil came and tempted him so much that he actually tempted him in all areas that we are tempted in. Yeah. Every single area. But the Bible only mentions, I think, four. Four areas that he, that he was tempted. Mm. In food... And being thrown off a cliff and being saved by the angels, which actually the devil was quoting Psalm 91. But, uh, and then two other areas. But he was tempted in all areas. So Jesus was left with nothing but the word because what did Jesus fight off those temptations with? With the word. With the word. Yeah, the sword of the spirit. That's what you do. That's what you do. Some, some, some temptations, you know, Jesus calls us to flee, to run from it. But... The majority of what we need to fight with is the sword of the spirit, which is the word. Yeah. You flee from sin. You fight with the sword. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and it was only after that period of 40 days and 40 nights was he able to start his ministry. So the wilderness was actually a prerequisite to starting his ministry. He had to go through that time because even though he was God himself... But he was in the form of man. He still took the time to, to surrender himself fully, lay himself bare in front of the Father, and, 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 and come to a point where he only had to rely on God mm. and rely on the Father. And it wasn't until after that that the angels brought him food. Mm. 
and then he replenished himself physically so that he could go, now go um, out of the wilderness. So <laughs> I, I don't really know how to really close this out, but if I could say one thing, guys, is that the wilderness is a beautiful place. What's one thing, Casey, that stood out to you about, about this? Has it changed more of a mindset, too, of how you see the wilderness? Um, I think, you know, the wilderness, it's, you know, just kind of like what I said um, a little bit before. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's just a time to renew your mind and just mm-hmm. to focus on the Lord. Um, you know, it's a, you know, there's a grace and a peace with it. You know, um, the wilderness is, is what Jesus kind of went to is, you know, sure, he was tempted by the devil, but... You don't see him being afraid to go back to the wilderness after he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. It was still a yeah. place of peace and a place of rest for for Jesus during his time of ministry. You know, yeah. many times in the Bible it talks about him leaving to the wilderness and leaving yes. his disciples there. I was just about to so say that, so that So that he can go and spend time with the Father. Isn't that so cool? Absolutely. Is he keeps repainting a picture of, of what that time looks like and how important it is. Yes. Wilderness. A secret place. Wilderness is not just a place where you're going to be stretched and, 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 and grown. It can be, and most of the time it is. But Jesus also paints a picture of where it's just a place to get away. And that's what we're going to do with our, with our group with, with going out and doing camping is that we're just getting away from civilization. We're taking the time intentionally yes. to seek God where it's only us and it's only him and his beautiful nature. And just reminding ourselves and taking the time to remind ourselves that there's something beautiful and something so gracious about spending that alone time with God whether it's with your brothers and sisters or whether it's just yourself in your secret place that is what the wilderness is Amen. Amen Thanks for listening to this week's episode we hope you enjoyed this content and that it touched you in some way Please leave a review, all feedback is good feedback and we will see you next week